Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 74! 74! Yay! 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 (laughs) It's a wonderful time. Yes, it is. We're in the 70s. Flares are all over the place. It's very exciting. There are power cuts. (laughs) Um, My sister was... Born, that's monumental. Yes, I wasn't born yet, so it's all good. No, I wasn't either. <laughs> How are you, Nick? I'm alive. All right. It's another day, I've got a drink. Another day, another dollar. Exactly, and my emergency podcast Negroni. Yes, you've so. made me an emergency podcast Negroni, because we both had quite the day, haven't it's we? Been, it's, been a, it's been a mad day of hectic running around, so <laughs> Negronis are in order. The energy level's back up again. I know, and, and it sort of flies in the face of logic that Negronis get our energy levels up. Pure booze. <laughs> yes, but some people that makes them go to sleep, nah. in the same way that certain drugs and people use for microdosing makes them I go to sleep. I don't know what you're talking no, about. No, it's true. I, I've gotten very deep immediately. <laughs> it does the opposite it focuses the brain right uh drugs do you want to take some of those we'll see i don't know <laughs> i'm gonna stick with the negroni for the moment depends how boring your story is really oh okay so well. if i mean if i if i start dozing off then maybe then maybe uh, <laughs> maybe but, so I'll, I'll leave that for you to judge if you see me nodding off better be a damn good story so i don't have to well yeah i'll try i'll try any poisonings this week no 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 well the amount of people who are getting sick at the moment there might as well be there's a spate of illness and non-COVID related illness. Non-COVID Just related. general sort of illness, colds and flus and that sort of bugs going around the place. A summer cold. Indeed. That so your grandmother used to warn you about. <laughs> oh, you've got a summer cold. So that's wiping out people all over the place. And then I have to do all their work. <laughs> well, speaking of people just making Nick do all the work and, and microdosing to get through it, I think it's time <laughs> for us to thank our lovely Patreon subscribers. Oh, I think so. Thank you so much to Marie Smith. To Cat Gray. To Melanie Levers. To Crystal K. To Bastille Quinn. And Justin Weir. Marvellous. Thank you very much, darling people. Very, very sexy Patreon subscribers. We love you. We love you very much. We hope you enjoyed our stories this week. We, we return to the old west. Absolutely. Old we middle, did old east. East, easty, westy, america place. To be fair, we did establish in that episode that I cannot tell east from west. No, well, this is, this is true. This Kept is true. yelling that Pennsylvania anywhere. was in the west. Yes, absolutely. We went all over the place. We did, we did. But there was a continuation of the Harp Brothers story. Quite, yes. Yeah. We want to hear more Wild West shenanigans. 
all on Patreon. Come there. Well, Nick. Hello. Are you ready? No. To drink cocktails and talk about poison? <laughs> yes. Or we could drink poison and talk no, about I cocktails. cocktails. Oh, <laughs> not even finishing it. It's fine. We're going to go with the first one? Yes. So I finished my Negroni. Have you actually downed that? I've not much left. To be fair, neither have I actually. <laughs> We've now become these people. Negronis don't even touch no, the sides. Bring me more. Bring me more Negronis. You need a throne for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go with the first one. Okay. And let's also have some extra Negronis on the side. This will be fun, people. <laughs> it will be a good episode. For hooray, hooray, hooray. It is my episode. Yes. We can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story without several cocktails in hand. <laughs> As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell that will flavour our cocktail of the week. Master this week's the Mapic. And this week's secret ingredient is mice. Classic, classic cocktail ingredient. Mice in pennies. Absolutely. No, they're not in pennies. They're not in pennies? <laughs> no. Well, that's ruined my cocktail, though. <laughs> you were basing it all on that. I was basing it on the penny. Mice, it's not a traditional it's, ingredient. It's not, it's not oft used in a cocktail, it must It must be said. No, but we mm. had some very good suggestions already on social media, people mm. chiming in. And also, I am with people on the, on the mice love rather than mice hate. I have no issue with them out as long as they stay outside. If you saw one in the house, would you scream? I wouldn't really scream. I'd be going, oh, fuck, there's a mouse in the house. That's really annoying. But you'd be going, what a rhyme that is. <laughs> I'd be going, oh, that means I've got to get off my chair. This is very inconvenient. This is why you need a cat. Everything comes back to the Everyone argument that I think you need a cat. I don't mind a mouse. Mice? A mice? A mice? A mice? I don't mind a mice, I don't. I don't mind a mark. You don't mind a moose. <laughs> I don't mind a moose either. Moose, I have problems with coming in the house. Just running through the house. Yes, yeah, just, oh God, there's a moose in here. I have to get up and manage this incident. That will be quite the incident. Yes, I think mice are quite sweet. They're very, yes, but if there's one, there's a five million. But that's generally the rule of, with everything. No, with, mo- not with, with mooses as well. With, with, exactly. <laughs> with What's the plural of mooses? Meese. <laughs> I think just moose, mooses. Multiple moose. Like if a moose came in the house, there would just be like a parade of 500 Absolutely. running through. There's ever just one. It's okay. like ants. There's ever just one. <laughs> it's not moose, though. <laughs> We're not dealing with moose. Boo. Moose. A mouse riding a moose. That I want to see. <laughs> okay. But what's what's my... going on? <laughs> what's happened? The Negroni was a great <laughs> idea. Quality already. podcast <laughs> material here. Well, with mice, not moose. No, boo. A mice maybe on the back of the moose. As your inspiration ingredient, <laughs> what have you come up with, Nick? Well, uh, well, as we said, there are not a lot of mises in traditional cocktail making. <laughs> Jesus for us, Mises. <laughs> Everyone was singing that along. <laughs> I have no idea what that was. Dude, that's from Muppet's Christmas Carol. Oh God, I've which said something you, dreadfully which horrible. You have seen, right? I have. I don't remember all the words, all the songs. <laughs> well, you need to remember those lines because it's the best line in the bloody film. Right. Well, it's not nothing to do with that either. Okay. So. <laughs> No, no more Negroni for you. Or, let me just throw something at you, more Negronis for me. <laughs> so, moving on to moving on. vaguely another cocktail. Is this white? I Probably not. With so we mice. have mice. We have mice. I have not chosen mice. I've gone for a singular uh, mouse. Oh, a mouse? Yes. Ooh, okay. So alone. Alone, alone. alone singular rodent. It's struck out on its own. Absolutely. It's making its fortune in yep. the big city. Oh, good. So we are having a white mouse. 
Okay. <laughs> a white mouse cocktail. A white mouse. Yeah, indeed. So there are a few out there. So people have put some stuff on the they social have. things, the various things. There are a lot of Disney filmed ones. What? Well, like they have like uh, they have like Oreos on them as ears and things so like Mickey Mouse type thing. Oh no, that's stupid. Yeah, so none of that. So we're having a wide mouse, as I said now 12 times, I think. <laughs> Sounds Indeed. adorable. It sounds well. We shall see. We shall see. There's there's a good story behind it, which I should tell you shortly. Wonderful. With a white mouse, I'm excited. I think it is time for us to go into the Poisoner's Cabinet Kitchen and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a minute. And we're back. Hello. So, Nick, a mm. white mouse yes indeed that was an eventful trip to the poisonous cabinet kitchen wasn't it <laughs> i don't know what you mean well we sipped negronis and then you command you yelled at me to go and get mice from the street and then we came up with an alternate story for the pied piper of hamlet which became disturbing quickly it's been wonderful <laughs> a white mouse that we have now i have i have one big issue here do Nick. you do you what could that be it's not white it's not white this is very true it's yellow it's yellow we colored if you will it is we. Well, actually, no. If you had we that colour, you you need yeah, to go to the doctor. Indeed, that would be disturbing. You know what? It's luminous. Now that you've is. held it up. It's that an is awesome a colour. neon. Oh, awesome, I'm into that. Awesome colour. It's a long drink. So little little snifter. I'm mm. sniff first. Uh, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I think I know one of the ingredients because you made me bring you some. <laughs> so hopefully, yes, you know one. Of so them. hopefully, I know one, but I won't say it yet. But should we dive in and have Let's a little taste? A okay, the white mouse people. Uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, ooh, that that assaults the mouth, in a, but not in a bad way. <laughs> I don't know. It was a lot. It was a lot. Okay, so I do know that this is a fizz-based cocktail. There There's some bubbly in some here. Bubbly going on in here. Delicious. Now I think it's actually potentially a lot better than I've made it. Um, <laughs> Because I, oh, no, as Nick. I was making it, I've, I have just I came across one particular flaw in my methodology that it needed I, all the different ingredients. Which I did. I had none of the ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> You've just made shit and up. I just weed in the glass. <gasps> what, what happened? <laughs> so it is named after a woman called uh, Nancy Wake. Okay. And it was made in the uh, the American bar of the Stafford Hotel in London. Yes. Um, specifically for her. Towards the end of her life, in sort of like the late 90s, early 2000s, she mm. pretty much she lived at the, the hotel mm. and the, the bar there, a very famous bartender, mm. um, made this drink on her behalf. He called it the White Mouse. It was called the White Mouse because that was her Gestapo code name when she was in the French Resistance during the Second World War. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. No. <laughs> she was a resistance fighter in the Second World War who saved God knows how many hundreds of allied pilots who were being shot down and parachuted down. She got them out of France and stuff like that. Bombed railways, organised resistance fighting and her Gestapo codename was the White Mouse because they could never catch her. And she lived the rest of her and life she lived in the rest of her life hotel, in, a, in a hotel. Drinking cocktails. Why aren't we her? <laughs> yep, sort of holding Whoa. court at the bar every evening. They made this in her honour. <gasps> oh my God, what a great story. Yeah, and there, I mean, there are books and things being written about this woman because of the amazing things that she did. I, I had a quite a uh, reaction yeah. to it because it's quite sharp. Now it's, It is. Now um, this is one of the things that I think I may have done slightly wrongly. I'm going to have a second sip and see mm-hmm. if I can work out what else is in here. Yes. It is nicer on the second sip. It's very sharp. Yeah. This is really lemony, I'm going to say. So, yeah, and it shouldn't be. It's lemon, honey, it's saffron gin. Oh, nice. Which is where it gets its colour from. So it's saffron infused oh, gin. Mm. So I was sure you were going to say chartreuse or something. <laughs> Not chartreuse. There's no chartreuse. I made it a few days ago. Um, oh. So I've got a bottle and it's amazing, amazing colour. Topped up with fizz to make it lovely delicious what what i've done though is because i watched a few videos of the particular chap making it and they just poured honey straight from 
uh, honey squeezer, not a honey syrup. Oh, no. So when it hits the ice, all it's done now is just congealed and solidified. So it's lost all of the honey in there. So I should have used a honey syrup rather than just neat. Because it's what the man on the YouTube did. But as soon as I chucked the ice in, it just went separated and went... Bad, bad YouTube video. (laughs) So I think that would be an absolutely lovely, lovely drink. Yeah. If it had that added sugar that is now missing. And I don't know if there's anything we can do to rectify it at the moment. There is some agave in the cupboard up there. Oh, agave would work. So reach behind you. Okay. And pop a drop in and then give it a stir and we'll have, we can have All right, this. you know what? This is live, people. This is live got, mixology. This is the first time you've probably heard that I'm going to the poisoner's cabinet. <laughs> yeah, it's not happening. the kitchen, you just the cabinet. You have to Nick while I'm not She's going, she's standing up, she's opening the door, she's reaching in, oh, she's reaching in, she's knocking stuff over. <laughs> As she usually does when she goes in there. Don't, that one time, one time that happened. She's going into the other cabinet, she's going to get a spoon there, right in front of her. Okay. They're right in front where, of her. Look is down, look down. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, there, you got your hand on it, it's there, it's there. <laughs> She's managed to make it back to the table. I'm no back. No one died. Okay, so we're going to add a little good agave syrup. Uh, maybe, maybe a wee drop. Okay, and I'm going to stir. Give it a stir. If this actually works, I might just go mix up another batch with the agave syrup instead. Because <laughs> you've got a whole bottle of fizz to get through <laughs> while I tell the story. <laughs> and I've got more, and I've made a load of saffron jing. So, okay, we've added our agave. Mm. Let's have a little taste, see if it helps. That did help, do. actually. It did. That Probably helped do a in more. a really good way. But, yeah. Yeah, that took the edge off. Give me more agave syrup. <laughs> <laughs> there's, 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 the recipe calls for half an ounce of, of honey in this, which is quite a considerable amount. Give it a go. Do it properly. Not like I do. So, Nick, you made saffron gin. I did. So how did you make saffron gin? Put, got some gin and put some saffron in it. Wow, God. The secrets <laughs> of the ages are coming out here. That's, that's pretty much what it is. Well, so how long do you infuse it for? I did it for two days. Does it make a nice... Gin? Oh, this is the first time I've tried it. Oh, yeah. It's the first time I've used it um, for this. I don't know how much flavour it imparts. I only ever use saffron for the colour. Yeah, exactly. It it makes it a stunning colour. And it makes it fancy and expensive. Well, exactly. And you need but a few, what are they called, threads? (laughs) Strands. Strands. Of bits. (laughs) You were doing so well. But a few strands. A few threads of threads of saffron through bits the agave syrup has really helped that it's just taken the edge off the obviously it was it was missing the sugar from the start because the honey congealed but that's lovely that's a great champagne cocktail good old nancy i like it i like it it's been a while since we've had a champagne cocktail and i am here for it and mainly i've got half a bottle of champagne to get through now and now he's gonna drink it and i have to try and rein him in while i talk (laughs) (laughs) good luck so with our white mice mices 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 white moose our white mice while riding a moose now this is actually an entirely different cocktail now with agave not honey so this is actually the yellow moose the yellow uh, moon <laughs> that I have I have renamed and rechristened this with that slight variation of ingredients. The Is world just, famous yellow moose cocktail. Yes, the white mouse in honour of this <laughs> legendary person, this legendary drinker, and you know hero of the ages. And you've just bastardised it by just going, "Oh, syrup, we'll stir it with our finger." It's a yellow moose. Yay! <laughs> the white mouse rides it into battle. Yes. So we have our white mouse. We have a yellow moose. We are fine for this journey. We're going to go on. Are you ready for a story, Nick? Oh, I think so. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Well, it's a good story. I should have so. I think. <laughs> it's got some gems in it. <laughs> for today, Nick, today, mm. we are going to tell the tale of Mary Piercy. Well, she's a woman of passion, Nick. Excellent. Passion. She may have had a few secrets, too. Uh, well, who doesn't? And again, this is a story. Sources are pretty good on this. There's a few bits in it which are true. <laughs> 
but they have no other information where you go, what the hell is happening here? There's a few bits the show just made up. No, I wish I had. I wish I had. There were some bits where I went, that's bollocks. No. no that didn't happen. Okay. So Mary was born Mary Eleanor Wheeler in 1866. And her home life was fairly normal. Or was it, Nick? Well, I don't know yet. Yes. You haven't told me. Possibly some is known about her childhood. Some? Oh, some. Some. We've moved up in the world. Some. <laughs> this is the bit where you go, eh. <laughs> Has it been made up? Well, I'll let she you judge. She was raised by mooses. <laughs> <laughs> she was. The time on the moose farm was very traumatic for her. It paved the way for the rest of her life. Well, it may as well have been. So maybe not all was well on her happy home life because there are two versions, two versions of her childhood. Now, it was said that her father, Thomas Wheeler, was a moose. Was a moose with a dark, I'm dark be really soul. This. <laughs> I don't mind. Thomas had a troubled soul, seeing as he was convicted and hanged for murder. That's fairly troubled, yes. In 1880. Was he Jack the Ripper? No, he wasn't. Garboo. No, no, 1880. Ah, oh, a bit early. Dude, nice. you're a bit early for that. Yeah. When Mary was but 14 years old, oh. Thomas Wheeler had allegedly killed a local farmer named Edward Anstey. There's no information on how. Death by moose. Death, death by moose. Open the door, they came Just in. Just heard of moose. I can imagine there, on the, on the head moose, riding, <laughs> trampling through, with 500 mooses behind him. Well, the guy's dead. So Thomas was hanged. Hanged until he was dead in St. Albans Jail in November of 1880. Was anyone hanged until they weren't dead? Yes. Okay. That, to, to be honest, Nick, it's a future story I'm going to tell you. <laughs> People, John Baddicom Lee, it's coming up. <laughs> and from his cell, he, read, he allegedly wrote to the farmer's widow, the man he had killed, asking for her forgiveness for his crime. Not for his sake, but for the sake of his wife and his teenage daughter, who he would hope would not suffer the sins of the father. Was not to be. Now, this fact is disputed by later researchers. And by people who were there. People who were there. And, and they him. Were made, isn't it? <laughs> well, people think that there was a Thomas Wheeler who was hanged for murder. People aren't sure whether they can completely link it to Mary. Uh, really, the, the records are sketchy, so maybe some liberties so have been taken. It's probably a relatively there. common name. Yes. So, yeah. Yes, unless he was the one Japanese Thomas Wheeler who had come to town that day. <laughs> I mean, it's a classic Japanese name, it has to be said. Indeed. Um, An alternate story, painting a different but equally tragic picture, is that Mary's father was actually a James Wheeler, and that he had been injured at work, no idea of the job. He, he made wheels. Oh, yeah, okay. Fine, oh, yes, let's... <laughs> I had not crossed my That's... mind at all. <laughs> <laughs> is that what wheelers do? Maybe they made cheese. Oh, potentially, potentially. A wheel of cheese. Yeah. Yes. But he was injured as his work at the cheese factory. And he was brought home in a terrible state and died, died at home in front of Mary two days after his... Um, stuffed full of cheese. Is stuffed full of cheese. But from his injuries, um, this was all traumatic for Mary. Well, <laughs> cheese-based injuries, I imagine, would be fairly traumatic, really. They would be, yes. So if he was a wheeler. Cheese coming out of your ears and your yeah. eyes and it's just like, no, it's not good. But so, it's it, whatever's happened in her childhood, because she's got multiple fathers who have died in many, many ways... It's not necessarily the best start for her. So sources conflict on this. But let's flash forward 10 years, 10 years, Nick, to the late 1880s. Mary's in her early 20s in London and in her prime-ish. <clears throat> we have a description. We love a description on this show. Yeah. Yes, a description of her. She is uh, seven foot tall with a great big bushy beard. <laughs> nice. And yeah. wheels. <laughs> from her father it was the thing he left her on her deathbed <laughs> take these wheels and go with them to find your fortune dad honestly this is weird she was five foot six perfectly respectable height 
uh, russet hair and blue eyes. Okay. Mm. Uh, was commented, nice shapely hands. One account read, her face was not overly pretty, but she had no trouble attracting men. Well, there we go. I will use the most common picture of her for this ep- for these episode notes. And it's not flattering. <laughs> it could actually be the likeness of her that ended up in a certain house of wax, shall we say. But it looks... <laughs> In, in a certain house of wax. A certain, a certain house of wax. I'm building to this. No. Right, okay. <laughs> no, but the picture looks like she is a cross between Nosferatu, I am not kidding, just because really pale eyes in the picture and her teeth are protruding. She's a vampire! That. It's either Nosferatu or she looks like Gerald the Sea Lion from Finding Dory, which, as you know, I'm obsessed with. You're obsessed with Gerald. I am obsessed with Gerald from Finding Dory. Best bit in that film. But it's a weird picture, and anyone who's seen it will just go, Gerald! I look forward to seeing it. Indeed. Anyway, despite her weird teeth and blood-sucking ways, Mary was indeed a hit with the gentleman. When she is in London, in her early 20s, she can she's made a few male friends in her late teens she took up with a carpenter named john piercy and that's where she gets her surname she's never married to him but she decides Mm. to take his name this is where the rumors might be persisting that her father was a hanged murderer wheeler associations exactly she wants to avoid the scandal of her murderous father and carve out a respectable life for herself in london respectable hmm well <laughs> respectable she, london <laughs> exactly london godless place well, godless again she she is uh has a relationship with this man but they're not married <gasps> no 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 see godless 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 the relationship does not last very long because he's not really in favor of um all of her infidelities shall we say well, that does tend to have that effect i feel yes so as we said mary has no trouble attracting male attention she was known to walk about as it were, with gentlemen. Walk about being a euphemism for shagging. <laughs> okay. But she, she's not a prostitute. I should put this out. But she, she has a lot of male attention and she's not married to any of them. She is attracted to fine standing, fine standing men. with Fine food, extending men. Fine extending men. <laughs> as far as the eye could see. They extended so well. <laughs> they had huge salaries, huge tracts of land. Yes, Piercy moves on because of her infidelity. But no matter. She has other chaps who are interested in her company. She is happy to entertain them. And they are the sort of people who will provide for her. She has one lover, Mr. Crichton, who provides rooms for That's her. That's a good name. I knew you were going to hone in on that. <laughs> Mr. Crichton. Michael Crichton's great-grandfather. So he provides rooms for her in Kentish Town. I'm sure purely to read poetry and admire pottery together. Nothing untoward whatsoever. Well, everyone's done that. Of course, you've already... Everyone's rented a flat for someone you like. Yeah, no, I meant in the admire... The read poetry and admire pottery. But that's what you do in the room. Yes, exactly. Nothing else. Nothing nothing else. else. Yes, Mr. Crichton visits her once a week in her rooms to read poetry and admire pottery. So you say Crichton like Jurassic Park. I was thinking more thinking Crichton as in Red Dwarf. Oh, that's a very good point. (laughs) So you went to that all Jurassic Park thing. (laughs) I hadn't thought of that. (laughs) I mean, it may be Crichton, actually. (laughs) I could be getting it wrong. I was thinking Red Dwarf. So Mr. Crichton, robot or not, visits her once a week in her rooms and ensures she is well provided for. But that doesn't stop her from entertaining the affections of other men. Uh, she has other chaps who are oh, interested. Right. If he knows he's coming at 3pm on a Tuesday, well, he's in- like, oh, I've got all this up spare time to fill. Indeed, she has a system yeah, in place. Could have a schedule. Exactly. Now, it's not said that she's got loads of men on the go, but she definitely has the affection of another man, a man who is very dear to her heart, Mr. Frank Samuel Hogg. He is a furniture 
remover. Oh, is he indeed? It's a good trade. He is particularly impressive. You know what really impressed her about him? That he had printed business cards. Mike, well, that does it, really. Mm. It, it, is, it is exciting. The embossed letters. Oh. 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 <laughs> the gold leafing. <laughs> You're actually don't, getting excited. <laughs> was the back printed on two? <laughs> <laughs> the back was a different colour. Back off! Went- <laughs> Luxury. (laughs) So when she received his card, she exploded, apparently. (laughs) But they would start a relationship. Frank would visit, not at the same time as Mr. Crichton, of course, hence the schedule. The schedule is needed. Frank had his own key, but Mary would leave a light in her window to signal Uh... when he could come by and call upon her. So he's walking his dogs ten times a day up and down that street yes. with is the key it, in hand. Is that, is that candle there? Is that candle lit? Yeah, he doesn't even have a dog. He's just dragging a brick on a stick. <laughs> it was a fine arrangement. And Mary was very taken with Frank, the furniture man. I'm not sure she was entirely a barrel of laughs herself. It is said she suffered from depression. Now, okay, this is the 1880s where people go, women suffer from depression. They're just, they're just a bit sad because everything is awful for women around about this time. She drank heavily. She drank heavily. She was said to suffer seizures. This is something that would come up later on. That Was she actually suffering from epilepsy? And at the time, epilepsy is not really recognised for the medical condition that it is now. It is seen as a mental illness. So lots of theories about her mental health have been made since this case has come to light. They say that she was depressed, she drank a lot, but obviously she was entertaining enough to attract the attention of these men. Well, that's where the drink helps. Yeah. Yeah, the drink, the drink definitely <laughs> helps. She didn't have to work as well because she had these gentlemen callers oh. who would support her, who paid for her accommodation and paid for her attention. She was erratic at best, let's just say. But what's really, really troubling Mary around this time, even though she has this attention from these chaps and she has such affection for Frank, is that for all of his business cards, he can never really be hers. Because, of course, Frank is married. No, they always are. Yeah. The married. ones with the business cards are always married. Married. Married to Phoebe Hogg. Phoebe that is Hogg. a bad surname as well. It's not a great surname, is it, really? If you marry into it. Frank had taken up with Mary before his marriage to Phoebe. This sort of arrangement, we're not talking about the really, really higher echelons of society. Well, no, if he's a furniture removal man, he's a bit of a, yeah. No. He's, he's sort of middle, lower middle class at best type yeah. thing. Yeah, so there um, are relationships going on. So Phoebe, he meets after he has already known Mary. They have a relationship. They have a casual arrangement going on. He probably has the same sort of casual arrangement with Phoebe no No proposal of marriage is made to either of these women and maybe it's just acknowledged it's fine but Phoebe falls pregnant ah that'll do it yeah and she's three months pregnant when it's just gotten to the point of, okay, you have to marry this woman. Yes. Otherwise, people are going to talk and she ain't going to be happy about yep. it. No one's going to ask you to remove their furniture. So he's already in a relationship with Mary when Phoebe falls pregnant. He has no choice but to marry her. And they marry her, he does. And a daughter is born in 1889. The daughter is also named Phoebe. So more Phoebes. Phoebe too. Nicknamed Tiggy. Tiggy okay. the baby. Whatever arrangement Frank and Mary have, Mary is obviously a bit unsettled about his new domestic arrangement. Mm. 
does she have some jealousy about this new lover? Is it anger about her income and support being cut off from Frank? Is that going to slowly dwindle? She feels that some discomfort in the situation, but then in her love letters to Frank, she tries to be very kind, very caring. She apparently loves him so much that she is willing to accept whatever other relationship he has outside of theirs, that she will be friendly. She knows that this woman has fallen pregnant and she's trapped him into a marriage, but she will try to be friends with her. She understands he has to marry her, but she is her re- his real, true right. love. Yes, absolutely. So it was Mary feeling benevolent, trying to be friendly, that on the 24th of October, 1890, a fright, Mary sent a messenger boy to deliver a message to Phoebe Hogg, asking her over for tea. Ooh. Phoebe and the baby should join her for afternoon tea. Tea. Oh, how delightful. I have a bad feeling about this. Really, do you? Yeah. But tea yeah. is such a lovely thing. Tea is generally a lovely thing. And Phoebe is so pleased to go. Oh, she washes and why, dresses Why the baby. would you be pleased to go to your husband's mistress? Okay, this area is foggy at best. We don't know whether Phoebe knows that Mary is the mistress, but Mary has right. definitely tried to be friends with Phoebe. They have uh, been friends. They have been friends. Well, They've made that's acquaintance. That's a bit scary. Yes. If they don't, if she doesn't know that she's shagging her husband. We can't and say so for certain met, whether she knows. Met in, the, in, a, in a lovely cafe or something and happened on a, on a meeting and that takes it into a scary stalker creepy level. It's entirely possible that she does and that some sort of arrangement and goes, okay, this happened. I, I don't think that's likely. I suppose, I suppose things like mistresses and the like were generally more more prevalent of in that in that era. We're things. in the... 1890 though it's getting a little bit no come on now they've obviously i mean obviously she's had a relationship with frank phoebe has had a relationship with frank that is sexual before marriage yeah so she's obviously no no angel herself no Uh, it's a little bit of these days oh yeah the ex-girlfriend turds want to be friends with you like i totally (laughs) want to be friends with you that always works out well Uh, always works out well i find always works out well phoebe jr tiggy is now about 18 months old and mary has sent this messenger boy to say come over for tea phoebe is happy to attend or well she she's going to attend attend, yeah (laughs) i can can imagine it being one of those things like like Frank going, oh, go on, go and go and meet her. You'll be, you'll have a lovely time, mm. sort of thing. Wouldn't it be nice if you two got on? Isn't it? Yes, <laughs> yes, because it will stop you. T- I just need all of my bitches to get yeah, on. Exactly. Yeah. Literally that. <laughs> Literally. And let's not. Yeah, yeah. Let's very much yeah. assume that. And then she can come over sometimes as well. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> well, Phoebe travels over to Mary's lodgings. Mm pushing little Tiggy in the pram. She enters the house. Around 4pm that afternoon, a neighbour, a neighbour called Charlotte uh, Priddington, hears a scream coming from Mary's lodgings uh. and sounds of breaking glass. Uh. Charlotte even calls over the garden fence to see if everything's okay, but she does not hear a reply and everything settles in the house. Later that evening, another neighbour, it could have been Charlotte, it could have been another one, sees a woman walking down the street. It's dark and she is walking on her own, pushing the black pram. Okay. We don't know way. which woman which woman it is. At seven PM a man is walking along Crossfield Road in Hampstead on his way home from work. When he passes a pile of rubbish and on closer examination he sees that a woman is lying no. amongst the debris. The woman's head is wrapped in a lady's cardigan. Something taint right. No, no, indeed not. No, indeed not. A policeman is called. When they unwrap the head of this woman, they see that her throat has been slashed so deeply as to have nearly decapitated her, that her skull has received several vicious blows, almost crushing her head. On later examination, they will see that her arms and her head were bruised, indicating a violent struggle. Yeah. But there is no blood at the scene, so it is clear that she has been killed elsewhere. As the police search the area, they find an even more gruesome discovery. Trigger warning, mm. people. You probably know what's coming. Yes. They find the black perambulator, abandoned in Hamilton Terrace, and its cushions are soaked in blood. Mm. The next morning, the body of 18-month-old Tiggy is discovered in Finchley, away from the pram. Oh, that's a bit of a track. The baby has been smothered. There is no trauma to the body, but the baby has died yeah. from suffocation. So we have two dead bodies. Who is responsible for this gruesome scene? Can I guess? No. <laughs> okay. No, Nick, how could you make such assumptions? Well, Leave it to the Saturday evening papers. The Saturday evening papers will report on this. And this is where Frank Hogg and his sister Clara, who have been searching and inquiring anxiously after Phoebe and her baby, read an article to say that a woman and a baby's body have been oh. found. So they read this story. Frank sends Clara over to Mary's house to see if she knows anything about the disappearance. Where is where is Phoebe? Mary, of course, denies ever having seen her. Clara, Frank's sister, she says to Mary, come with me to the morgue because I have to identify the body. <laughs> and Mary allegedly goes with yeah, her. Well. Goes with her. And it's weird about this time that Mary does not 
really behave in the way that anyone should if trying to cover up a murder. Ah, okay. Yeah. She attends the morgue with Clara. Clara has to identify the body. Mary starts making a really big scene about her. Don't look at the body. Don't look at the body. Don't look at the body. And then when she does look at the body and Clara just goes, yes, 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 that is, that is Phoebe. Mary is hysterical in the background. Every time they mention the injury to the point of not just hysterical crying as in like, this is weird. The police are like, okay, she is acting very very strangely now is that sort of overcompensating trying to play it upset but just getting it wildly wrong or being desperately guilty so frank is called in to identify the body as well and of course being the husband he comes under suspicion what have you got to do with this they they assume he's guilty they search him they question him they ask about the screaming woman who's been in the morgue going who the fuck is this bitch here (laughs) He admits that he was in a relationship with Mary. Mm. They find a key on his person. They would ask him, what do these keys do? What properties do they relate to? He goes, okay, that's that's a key to Mary's house. She is my mistress. So the police think, hmm, better talk to this screaming crazy Mary woman. Probably should, yeah, probably should. Now, of course, Nick, a day or so has passed. Whatever has happened in the house, the chance of finding evidence is pretty slim. I think it's probably quite likely in this case. So you would think... <laughs> oh, Nick, Nick. Uh, Sorry, have I preempted your dramatic moment? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> the police enter Mary's home and they find it full of blood spatters. Yes, Literally, it is on the walls. It's in the kitchen. There is a carving knife. There is a poker covered in blood and hair. There is bloodstained clothing, an apron that stuff has been wiped on. There is blood on the goddamn ceiling, Nick. Well, she was cooking dinner. She was trying to make a lovely, lovely meal. She had people come over for tea. Could have make an effort. May have got slightly over out of hand. And her black jus just yeah, exactly. got just over bubbles. Over exactly. That's a good excuse. That's yeah, a good excuse. Absolutely. Two windows are broken. Uh, cooking is difficult. Cooking is difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It involves a lot of throwing pokers. There's a rug. With bloodstains and also a strong smell of paraffin where she's tried to clean it. Spillages? Spillages, yes. Perhaps she was going less for an afternoon tea, more of a, I'm going to cook you a cow. I bought a cow. The moose ran off. The moose ran off through the windows. So I mean, I think that's quite a good excuse. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would go with. The first explanation from Mary, who is standing there, is, I had a nosebleed. Brilliant. And sneezed a hell of a lot all over the place. <laughs> it gets better. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I like that. She had a <laughs> far, far better is her follow-up. As the police go, okay, and stand just clocking the blood <laughs> around the room, Mary does not stand there. No, she goes to the parlour and she starts playing her piano and singing loudly. Absolutely. And when they ask again about the blood... She explains in a chanting song that she's been killing mice, killing mice, killing mice, (laughs) killing mice. Yeah. That is true. (laughs) Okay. I like the killing mice song. That's that's a good twist. She mutters at first that she has had a problem with mice and she's been trying to kill them. And then she goes to the piano, sings, whistles, and just is chanting over and over again, killing Uh, mice, killing killing mice. mice. Killing mice, killing mice. I feel potentially the next demon gin hit. Going on. <laughs> Don't think it hasn't crossed my mind. <laughs> but yes, she has a problem with mice. Clearly, you do because yeah, they're absolutely. all over this fucking house. 
And you've killed them with every weapon known to man. Confronted with this scene, the police shockingly don't take her explanation at face value. Mary is arrested. And she is charged with the murder of Phoebe and Phoebe Jr., the baby. When they search her further they find that Mary is wearing Phoebe's wedding ring. Yeah, that'll do it as well. She's actually got a wedding ring on as well. Where she got it, we don't know, but she's wearing that ring on top of it. Awaiting trial, Mary tells the women who are responsible for monitoring her, for looking after her. They're not exactly guards, but there are women yeah. who are in a position with women in jail. She starts sort of on this story that she had invited Phoebe to tea, but Phoebe had made a comment that greatly offended her But as she's telling the story, Mary seems to realise that she's incriminating herself. Mm. And then just stops talking. The guards obviously report on it and the women go, "Uh, check this shit out. (laughs) So at her trial at the Old Bailey, her case was heard before the same judge who presided over Kate Webster's case. A Ah. case we have covered before, 11 years earlier. Now, Mary pleads not guilty. Uh, why that's ambitious <laughs> mice I tell you mice it was always mice mice the prosecution read out various love letters that she had kept between herself and Frank these letters professing her love for him promising him she would never leave him even if he got married she would do her best to befriend his new wife but his marriage was just forced because of pregnancy she doesn't mind it's okay they will be together the prosecution surmises move Mary move on girl move on I know I know <laughs> The prosecution surmises that Mary was not content with his arrangement for long and decided (laughs) to ensure that Frank would be hers forever. Mary, it was said, had drawn the blinds of her house before Phoebe came. It's a small detail, but I find that really chilling. It's slightly chilling, isn't it? It's it's like preparing for something that you know you're going to do. Not a spur-of-the-moment thing. It's I'm planning this. Indicators of premeditation. Shit is going to happen in this house. Mm. So look. The attack was so frenzied that the defence tried to argue that Mary was too slight a woman to inflict such damage. Seems like a very angry woman, though. They also tried to use the argument later on about epilepsy being a mental illness, that she was not of a right mind at the time of the attack but the jury takes but 52 minutes to return a guilty verdict mary says nothing throughout the trial she only replies that she is innocent of the crime when the judge passes the death sentence and asks if she has anything to say when she's in jail after the sentence has been passed she is visited by her mother she was allowed a visit from frank hogg who she still loves why would frank go he doesn't oh good okay he doesn't show up and apparently she waited and waited and the only emotion she showed was her sobbing on the bed when she knew yeah, he yeah, wouldn't he come. He's not coming. He's not coming. She was otherwise very calm and collected. She had but one request before her death, but we're going to come back to this. Okay. Mice. Mice. Give me mice to dance for me. Mary would be hanged on the 23rd of December, 1890. As I said, she was very composed before her death. No emotion, perfectly civil to the guards and the executioner. On the way to the gallows, she refused assistance from the female guards who would have accompanied her. Actually, by law, they would have had mm-hmm. to. When they said, no, we will accompany you anyway, she replied, oh, well, if, if you don't mind going with me, I am pleased. <laughs> In her final statement to reporters, she said, my sentence is a just one, oh. but a great deal of the evidence against me is false. Mm-hmm. And then she would go to the gallows and drop to her death. Just before Christmas. Just before Christmas. Oh, ruined Christmas for her. Indeed. Now, that is not the end of her tale, for there are a few things that we need to cover. I'm Firstly, intrigued. 
Firstly, this was quite the media sensation, as I'm you can sure imagine. So she just had to be added to the Chamber of Horrors <laughs> at Madame Tussauds. In that, in that, what was it, that wax museum place? That famous house of wax. The famous house of wax, famous yes. Famous house of wax. <laughs> yes, indeed. Her exhibit included the pram. Oh, that's harsh. That is not nice. Items from her kitchen. Just random shit from her kitchen. 30,000 people attended nice. the exhibition. I don't know whether it was at the launch or whether they just said that year. <laughs> they just tried to attend. Yeah, probably not it on, to the, her. on the first day. <laughs> well, maybe. Well, that's how many people would turn <laughs> no, up for bloody enough. hanging. Yeah, um, her noose apparently is still at the Black Museum in Scotland Yard. Now, two more important things about this case. Yes. I said that she had made uh, one request. A special request. Yes, yeah. I'm intrigued. She asked her solicitor, uh, Mr. Freck palmer to visit her to tidy her affairs mm. and she asked him to place a personal advert in the madrid newspaper oh I, I, okay count me intrigued the newspaper advert would read m e c p last wish of m e w have not betrayed period m e w period Ooh. Ooh, ooh, I say. <laughs> Intriguing. She never explained what this message was. Ooh, I like that. Oh, no, no, no. I want to know. I want to know. <laughs> so, M-E-C-P, we don't know. Who's M-E-C-P? Last wish of M-E-W is Mary Eleanor Mary Wheeler. Mary Wheeler, yeah. So, her maiden name. Yep. We can assume. Yep. Yep, that's fairly, yep. Safe assumption, I think. Who's, M- oh, who's M-E-C-P? I want to know. Tell me. In Spain. In Spain. in Spain. Oh, that's that's very old. Oh, 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 oh. And the the lawyer said, Mysteries. the solicitor said, explain it. I will use it as a defence for your appeal. There was there were no appeals at the time, but I will yeah, yeah, go yeah. to the home of. I will do whatever it takes. And she just said no, nope. no. Put it in the paper. Who's M E C B? The final legacy of Mary Piercy. Uh. Well, this was a big story. Big story in the late 1880s. Not a lot else happened I mean, around what, that was time. She, was she Jack the Ripper? Or could she be Jill the Ripper? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned it earlier. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course she was. Mary Piercy is a Ripper suspect. No, what it is, is MECP is the Ripper. Well, yes, we, come back to it. Come who's, back to it. Who, who, uh, who's in now in Spain? Who is in Spain? Who is in Spain? So, as you can imagine, the theories behind her being Jack the Ripper are watertight. Oh, Nick. completely. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Have airtight convictions going would you, on Would there. you like to hear the theories about it? <laughs> she was a woman. Well, yes, okay. She killed some people. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah, well, that, that tracks, that tracks, yes. Of course. It was thought that the Ripper could be a woman. Could Surely be not. a woman. Who lady lady people don't do such things. Lady people don't do such things. Who thought up, though, that the Ripper was a woman? Well, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Ah, yeah. Who was mental? I'm just going to put it out he there. He had some peculiar ideas, it he has did. to be said. Sherlock Holmes, great. Also outside, fairies or everything. He thought the Ripper was a female and he could have shouted anything at this point. So people started looking into the idea, could the Ripper be a woman? Now, Arthur Conan Doyle did surmise that it could have been a midwife. It could have been someone very strong. You know, you don't have to be particularly strong. You have to be insane. Have to be, yeah, fast and stabby. And Mary Piercy obviously committed this horrendous act against a mother 
Yeah, mm, I'm not. I'm not entirely convinced. I no. have to say, I'm not entirely convinced. The one thing that doesn't link it, I'm just going to go and say it. One thing that was plucked out of the air is that in most of the ripperologists out there will know that in 2006, DNA testing was done on the letter, the boss letters, yes. the letters uh, Jack the Ripper wrote to the newspapers, and they examined the saliva used on the stamps. And they determined or surmised, I'm not sure what would be the appropriate term here, but that saliva belonged to a woman. So if those letters were posted, which we we, we keep forgetting the fact that they're hoaxes. There is that, yes. Yeah. Or it could have been a woman. And then they go, who were any of the female Ripper suspects? And they go back to Mary Piercy. So Mary Piercy was Jill the Ripper. That's a great idea, a theory. She was... She killed someone around the time in 1890. Yeah, yeah. But definitely it was her. So she is Jill the Ripper. There we go. We sold it. But, 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 but. Who's MECP? Who is MECP? I want to know. (laughs) That is far better than the bloody Ripper story. MECP was the Ripper. But that is the story of Mary Piercy. Oh, it's good. Yeah, it's a good one, isn't it? It's annoying because I don't know who MECP was. (laughs) I don't want to know. Okay, there's a massive part of me that wants MECP to be a real person, but there's a tiny bit of me to go, I'm going to fuck with people. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> she gonna... was MEW. MEW. W was her maiden name. Yes. P, Piercy was... Yeah. So... Maybe so... she might... Was, saying... was she saying it to herself? Well, yeah. So that that seems to have three of the, the initials that match her. It seems like a big coincidence well i mean not not well, no, not, not, not impossible no yeah absolutely it, it just be. seems a bit weird i mean yeah. uh, that, that aligns with my theory that she just went madrid fuck it that fuck newspaper it, not? absolutely and she's just making everyone think uh, ah. she, she doesn't seem like the criminal genius it has to be said no she was incredibly calm and stoic during yeah. her incarceration Everyone said that she was actually one of the the best prisoners. She was incredibly genteel. She wasn't overly friendly with people, but she was just very dignified and quiet. And the solicitor who came to get all her affairs in order, she just said, put this in the Madrid newspaper. And she refused point blank to anyone who asked her. She said, I will not tell you what it is. And maybe she's just making stuff up because she's crazy. I don't know if she would make stuff up. I mean, it seems like a, a weird thing to make up. I know. Because she does, yeah. So she doesn't seem like this criminal genius who's throwing suspicion on other people. Or anything no, like. she's not using it to get out of it or anything. Well, you would think she would clean up her goddamn house. Well, exactly. So she, yeah, she's so she's not this sort of mastermind criminal cleverness. Um, mm. This is very much a, a thing of rage, and I, this is a particular person that I want to get rid of because they're bastards. Well, so, but um, yeah, um, but I'll refer you back to her last statement to the press. Was this is a just sentence, but a paraphrasing a lot of the evidence against me is false no so what does that mean well that's very true did something happen in that house if it's a just sent if she's been sentenced to death and she thinks that is a just sentence so she must have done something to warrant that in possibly her mind. So, so what i will say what i will say about the theories about the death as well to, just to put people's mind at ease is that they thought it was thought that she killed Phoebe. She in this frenzied attack, she she bashed her head in and slit her throat. It isn't thought that she purposefully 
went for the baby. No. The, the baby was in the pram. She put Mary's body over the pram and the baby was suffocated as a result. Yeah. I don't so that, think she, she meant for the baby to die. Probably not. But that was the thought that the baby was suffocated by the body of the mother, which is awful. Yeah. So that's one of the things that actually got me that I, I thought about when you, when you said it, that she was seen... A, a, a woman was seen late at night taking the pram out. Yeah. Thinking, well, there must have been the, the baby and Phoebe stuffed inside this pram mm. with Mary going out, taking it for a walk. Yeah. Type thing and then dumping them in various places. So that's pretty organised and yeah. thought out. Even if you have to a woman... Do that. That's, that's, that's quite weird, isn't it? If you have a woman draped across a pram... So it must have been really stuffed in there. And that would also be a lot more noticeable to people just out on the streets and stuff like that. If you had someone just draped across a pram, people are going to go, something's weird here. Well, I mean, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Well, you'd you'd, you'd think someone would say something. But it's dark and they just see a woman pushing a pram, which is a chilling image. if you've got a body draped over a pram, that's a fairly obvious thing. But a woman like squashed into a pram. But the body was left on a rubbish heap. This blood-soaked pram was left one place and the baby was left in another place. So they've just scattered the bodies and she's just shut down. Who's (laughs) MECP? Was MECP the person behind all of this? Uh, Were they the Ripper? Were they the Ripper? If it was the Ripper, then Ripper would have done much worse shit, I think. Yeah. (laughs) But there we go. I need to Google Spanish. Was there a Spanish Ripper? (laughs) That she was in correspondence with and like just... No, I think if the Ripper went to Spain and then was there more murderings in Spain? Nick is going to solve this shit, people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you think, people? What do you think of Mary's story? What do you think of the main story? What do you think of the theories behind it? Do you know who MECP is? Nick was not going to (laughs) rest until this is solved. Just hit us up with all of your thoughts and your theories on this one. Send it to us. Comment on the episode on social media and wherever you listen to the Poisonous Cabinet. Send us some reviews if you've actually loved this one. Yes. Keep in touch with us on it. Another good one. It's great. I like it. So do try the White Mouse Cocktail. Give it a go. Make it better than I did. Um, Use a honey (laughs) syrup rather than just honey. That didn't work. A tasty, tasty cocktail. Saffron gin. Very, very nice. Very easy to make. And looks amazing. Just a couple of threads, pinches, bits of saffron in some gin. Leave it for a couple of days. Beautiful yellow. We've also come up with a formula of the best possible episodes, which involve a Negroni and then Nick drinking lots of fizz, and it's absolutely class. Yeah, I've, I have actually. This bottle of fizz has gone down very quickly. Well, you know what it is. It's a cremel. Oh, cremel. Oh, cremel. We've had fun on this episode. We hope you have too. But we want those theories. We are obsessed with this episode. We need to know who MEC is. I want to know! <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Who's MECP? <laughs> <laughs>